Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Um. Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one caller-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Welcome to Drive Time Sports on a Wednesday. Hope everybody's having an absolutely fabulous day as Arkansas starts to thaw out a little bit. Certainly we are in northwest Arkansas. Randy Rainwater is thawing out away from us today. We'll be back tomorrow, but right in that studio, the Eat My Catfish studio, is Chris Kane. Hi, Chris. Hey, Rick Schaefer. Good afternoon. Well, it is a good afternoon. Isn't it wonderful to have something nice to talk about? Uh, Almost slipped away, but uh, still a very good win for Arkansas last night. Were you like everybody else wondering... If it come down to a free throw, I, you know, A&M did not foul Mark at the end, but there were a whole lot of free throws last night. I uh, I was wondering, unfortunately and, and, and sadly pessimistically, how's Uh-oh. Arkansas going to blow this? <laughs> you know, even when the lead was up, I think it was like 15, 16 point range. And then when yeah. it dwindled to 10, that's when you, I was like, okay, how's it going to be? I was, I was watching with my dad last night and, uh, you know, we just kept kind of going back and forth, like trying to bet how it would all go wrong, and 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 that you know, Wade Taylor kid kept just giving us more doubts as the game kept. Yeah. He just made some circus shots, yeah, he did. falling away behind the three, and you go, oh, so this is how it's going to happen tonight. And fortunately for Arkansas, Mark came through in a huge way. And uh, you know, Rick, we've been trying to identify, right? Okay, this team seems to have a lot of role players, and role players are good. You need them. They're essential, right? But who's going to step up and be the guy? Who's going to be the star? And we saw Mark. We saw flashes of it, right? We saw him 34 points against UNC. Oh, wow, okay. And then during this bad stretch of Arkansas basketball, it just we've been waiting for someone to step up. And last night, for everybody to kind of clear out, and it's it's he's going to be the guy. And for him to finish like that, I thought it was it absolutely um, I think washed away a lot of the bad taste, at least some of the bad taste in in for our mouths. Yeah, for, for a night. Yeah, for a right. hey, you hey, know what? We'll hey, take it, right? That's right, exactly yeah. right. And it's a Tuesday game, so you get to feel good for an extra day uh, before Arkansas plays South Carolina. Maybe they'll get them. You know, one of the key factors there when you're talking about clearing out for Mark that gets a little bit forgotten is. Um, after the last three by Taylor, they had to stop and make sure it was a three, which gave Arkansas, which was out of timeouts, a chance to huddle and talk about what it wanted to do with 7.7 seconds to go. Had they just signaled three and not had any question about it, and really when you look at the replay, there was no question about it, but had they not looked at the replay, Arkansas would have, maybe they'd have run the same play, but they wouldn't have had a chance to talk about it because there wouldn't have been any gathering or any huddling. And it was a long... They they looked at that for a long time. Are, are you nauseated sometimes by how long it takes these guys to look at replay? It, yeah. I, I, the game already sometimes feels slow with just the TV commercials and how everything is just driven for television. Understandably. I mean, that's it's the money-making product, right? But it does feel like replay is... is excruciatingly slow and there are times when and I know they want to get it right and I appreciate the intent right to get it right the most frustrating thing is when they spend that inordinate amount of time and get it wrong like blatantly wrong but that seems to happen more in football at least from my experience you watch football and you're like how did they come to that conclusion last night I know it took a while especially on that tip ball out of bounds but you you watch it over and over even some bad angles and you go no, I think this needs to be reversed. It prob- right. probably won't be, but it was. With 18 seconds to go, obviously they wanted to get that right. And, um, and yeah, it took it a long time. The longest one, of course, was the one that led to uh, Devo Davis being ejected. And I get that because if you're weighing that, you got to really look at it. But two officials are looking at it, 
And it must have been one-to-one because one of them took the headset off and said, here, the third official, you come look at it. And they ejected Devo. And, and when you saw it on the replay, he definitely kicked the guy. And uh, you, know, you can say, did he do it on purpose? Well, I don't know. When you're going up and a guy's in front of you and you kick him, I don't know how it can be anything but on purpose. So, uh, But it took a long time for them to watch that video and finally did it. So the game... Do you think he kicked about, it? Do you think it was on purpose? Do you think I it do. was? You do? Uh, well, he kicked him. I don't know if it's on purpose, but he definitely kicked him. Yeah. Do you think it was... I, I, I know it's so hard to, to, you know, glean intent, right? Where you sit there and you... And may, I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Only he knows. And, only, and he knows. only he knows. But... I didn't see an extension. I didn't see, you know, it's, it's, look, Draymond Green, I think, does sure. the most egregious crotch kicks, right? We've seen his NBA crotch kicks. It's a full-on extension, you know, ex- all the way out where you go, oh, yeah, that's intention. It even looks intentional, even if he doesn't say it's intentional. Last well, night was the first one. I mean, Rick, remember in the game before where he pushed a guy? That was so yeah. blatant, right? That's yeah. like, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a frustration thing. Last night I really felt like it was – I mean, it looked more incidental than the previous misconducts well, he was think giving. It was, I don't think he was trying to hurt the guy. I don't. Well, I can't say that. Only, but to, they called charge, and I don't know how they could have called a charge because the guy was in the air, and he was. It's almost like he was uh, not doubled over, but he was you know leaning forward. So it should. I just don't think it should have been a charge. But yeah, it took me the third time seeing it. Devo definitely kicked him. Oh yeah, no, he I mean he definitely made contact. Yeah. And, yeah, and you're yes. right. Only only he knows whether that was intentional or not. But uh, and you see that sometimes, uh, sometimes in an NFL game, you'll see the pile down. A guy gets up and, and kicks the guy on the ground, and you're thinking, what what are you thinking? And sometimes it results in a penalty. Sometimes they don't see it. But I, I don't get this uh, where you do that. Nonetheless, I didn't was think a, it was. A, I really. I see. I. I I would be. I would love to ask him. Hey, did you mean to kick him? Well, you obviously, know? nobody asked him because these days, like, you get whatever they bring to the media room. And yeah, he wasn't the one. Anybody, I don't know that anybody asked Musselman about uh, about that particular play because you think about it. Number one, it's late, and I don't know with in the digital age. I don't know about deadlines. Um, it, because everybody's reporting digitally. Now, even the Democrat Gazette, uh, you're reading it digitally the next day, so you don't have to worry about getting a paper out. And so I, deadlines don't matter. Nonetheless, the game's over at 10.45, and you're thinking the game's going to be over 30 minutes before then. So now you've got, and Musselman goes first to TV, and then he goes into the dressing room, obviously. And so it's a little while before you get anybody to talk to, I don't know how they do it since they do the start of the game usually first on radio and then they do Musselman, and Musselman does it from the dressing room, so I don't know if they bring players out before Muss or Muss first in the interview room because I haven't been in there. We can ask Trey, we'll ask Trey Biddy that when he's on at 5.05. But um, so Lord knows what time Musselman gets in the interview room. So obviously the discussion is the shot at the end and having a 20-point lead and not holding on to it. You, you overlooked as the deal with Devo, so I'm I'm guessing they didn't even ask him about it. Yeah, and you know his. I mean, you saw his emotions. I, I, that's oh, why I keep going back out. to, you know, when he pushed the guy in the previous instance. It was yeah. I, even Musk was. And there was no contention. I mean, it was flat out. He pushed the guy. Everybody saw it, and, and Devo knew it. And I think last night, I th- and and a lot of it is, you know, Musk is trying to work the refs also. But I, I just the more I watched it, I was like, I mean, he. If he did, uh, until he says it, I just I, the the video makes me go, and the replay I go. If I saw any extension, or even like the foot kind of ex- the toe pointing out, trying to you know push on the guy, I just thought it was a bang bang incidental contact kind of play where he's creating separation but not extending his leg out to to any any direction towards him to kick him. But only Devo well, really knows of what we think. Yeah. But, I mean, Flagrant 2, that was the other thing. What do you think about that, though? Flagrant 2 on that? Yeah, now that I don't know. Do you think think that was a – I think that feels more like a message than than anything. It felt like – I mean, Devo's been around a long time. He's got previous instances of frustration, fouls. It felt like they were trying to send a message, like, this isn't going to be allowed. 
What do you yeah. think? Uh, maybe so. Uh, maybe so, because just think how many fouls had already been called. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> 50 fouls called, 73 free throws, 73 free throws. Um, Trayvon Mark tied the Arkansas school record for most free throws attempted in an SEC game set by Corliss Williamson, who used to get fouled a lot. He took 22 free throws, made 17. Could have made you feel a little bit easier if he'd have made the 18th. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, and that's okay. It set up his heroics at the end. But foul after foul after foul, just think about that. A game is 40 minutes on clock time. We're not talking about real time. Clock time, it's 40 minutes. There were 50 fouls called. That is more than one per minute. You talk about stopping the flow of the game. Now, for Arkansas, it's good they stopped the flow of the game. Razorback shot, what, 54% in the first half and 20% in the second half? So, or 24% in the second half. So it's probably good they got to the foul line because they weren't hitting anything. Hit, what, one of their first 12 shots in the second half? So while you and your dad were sitting there wondering how Arkansas was going to lose, yeah. Yeah. They, they, one out of 12 after <laughs> shooting 54% in the first half? I mean, how, how's that even possible? I think, yeah, A&M was, had abysmal shooting in the first half, too. And then Buzz Williams yeah. changed, and it all changed for them. You know, I mean, that's... Well, it didn't change that much. But here's the thing about A&M. We said this yesterday. You have to try and keep them off the boards because they are the worst field goal shooting team in the conference. They came in shooting 40%. Last night, they shot 32%. But they got 19 offensive rebounds. So, And how many times did they get two or three rebounds? Several. The same oh, possession? yes. So you think tip, about ha- Tip ball, tip ball right to themselves right. every time, yeah. So 32%. If you get three shots and make one of them, it's still the same possession. So you shoot 32% or 33%, but you scored on that possession. And and the other team didn't get it. So Arkansas, on the other hand, had three offensive rebounds. You can see how Musselman gets perturbed about his team's not hitting the offensive board. Offensive boards, they got out-rebounded 19-3. to So, uh, But again, our, the free throw... 31 out of 40, great free throw shooting. We've seen some miserable free throw shooting at times. It was outstanding last night. And think about this, down the, during the clutch, second half when A&M was coming back, at one point they missed five straight free throws. Yes, that was huge. And yeah, it's huge. It's, it's, it was I think it was both after, both after the flagrant, too, wasn't it? After the yeah. flagrant, I believe oh, yeah. they after missed Davis two in a row. Them, yeah. yeah, they missed them both. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So maybe to your point, maybe it wasn't flagrant uh, <laughs> since the guy missed two. Who knows? Hey, okay. Hey. Anybody wants to call us five zero one six six one one zero three seven. It's Chris and I till five o'clock. Trey Biddy's going to join us at five o five. Bart Reed will be with us at five thirty, and then Nolan Richardson. Finally, I'm so glad that we get a chance to talk about a win with Nolan. Uh, he'll be on with us at six o five. Looking what forward to hearing to what Coach has to say about last night. Yeah, he's probably been in. More than more than his well, fair share of those kind of fights. Yes, they keep blowing the whistle. <laughs> I, if in a game that Nolan's coaching, if there were seventy-three free throws, it might have been his second game to walk out of. Yes. Yeah. I'm or get sure or get that. kicked or get you know get kicked out of. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Um. Well, what were you about to say? It just Wade Taylor last night. I, what were your oh thoughts? On, I mean, thirty-two shots last night. Yeah. That's the most ever by an Arkansas opponent in an SEC game. And uh, the record we, we're not going to know, because I don't know if there's even a box score existing from this, the most points ever scored against Arkansas in a game was 56 in a 1958 NCAA tournament game by Oscar Robertson oh, at wow. Cincinnati. Wow. And so I don't know how many shots he took. Uh, obviously, it took more shots then to get 56 points because there was no three-point field goal. And so um, that that's probably something we're never going to know. But at least in a conference game, we know nobody has taken 32 shots against Arkansas before. So that's a lot of shots. But golly, he made a lot of them. And how about, I guess the, game, the one that tied it at 75, he got past his man. And once again, we saw no help. He just, it's 75 to 73, late in the game. Nobody stepped in front of him. He just went right to the basket, made an uncontested layup to tie the game. Yeah, and there was no one even close to the paint yeah. at that point. Right. Yeah, and then and then you know there, there's a total defensive breakdown, right? Where you're, you're you're just scratching your head, like how can you let this happen, especially at this point in the game? And then I thought 
the Razorbacks did a pretty good job. He was begging for contact at the three-point line oh, at yeah. those last few three-point attempts. And, probably had a little bit and on one of them. I agree, and they didn't yeah. call it, fortunately, for Arkansas, because then that yeah. could have been the deciding factor. But um, I thought they did a decent job just kind of staying in front of him, but he was just making ridiculous shots. Now, his efficiency, not great, right? I mean, 13 to 32 is not – 5 for 14 from three, not – not the best night efficient wise, but he was just a volume. Remind me of like a Marshall Henderson day, right? Where just volume, to- but, constant shooting. But of the ones he made, the threes he made, he made them all in the second half. I, maybe he made the one. They were one for 15 in the first half. I That's right. It was him or somebody else. So obviously he made most of them in the second half. And, you know, the guy did the same thing to Kentucky Saturday. Uh, he went off on them. He, he scored over 30 points against Kentucky. I can't remember exactly how much. It might have even been uh, in the upper 30s. But he, uh, and particularly when that game went into overtime, he just took it over. The guy is a spectacular player. Now, we have not seen everybody in the SEC. I am not an SEC junkie. I don't sit there and watch every SEC basketball game. I know Tennessee's got some really good players. Kentucky's got some really good players. Um, Alabama has some really good players. But I'm not sure anybody has one player as good as Wade Taylor. And and he was good last year, so we, we knew he was a good player. Yeah, preseason player of the year. On the, yeah. He was on the watch list, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and A&M hasn't had the year that it hoped for. And, and some of that's, you know, some of the injuries that they've had. Their starting center didn't play last night, Coleman. Undisclosed injury, which which of course teams never say anything about injuries if they can keep you fr- keep you from knowing, and evidently A and M said nothing about it until the game time. God, I don't think anybody knew. The announcers, the TV might have. I listen to the radio, so I, I rarely hear the TV announcers. But um, you know, the guy didn't play last night, so there's a guy scoring eleven and a half points a game that they didn't have. Maybe in the first half they don't get quite so far behind with him, but everybody faces injuries. We saw last year after Trevon Brazil got hurt, that, that was tough you know, when you lose a player that's that good. So they deal with injuries, too. So now it's South Carolina Saturday. South Carolina's a good basketball team. They've won a bunch of games. But we said yesterday, and I don't know, I don't know if you felt this way, Chris, but I felt like if, if Arkansas didn't win one or both of the games this week, it it could be the longest season since they won two games under John Pelfrey one year. Yeah, that, I mean, last night it felt like there was at least um, a temporary stop to the bleeding, right, where you just feel like it, it, the blowouts of the previous three. I think that was the most alarming thing. You know, not just not just that they were losses, but they weren't even they weren't even contests. And last night, seeing Arkansas be dominant in the beginning and 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 have control, even with the fade at the end, where it just maybe doesn't feel good leaving that game. You win by ten, you go okay, okay. That's we're seeing marked improvement, right? And then finishing in exciting fashion, getting the win is great, but it still feels like okay. Now, how do you how do you carry that into the next game against South Carolina? Because after that, then you're looking at Ole Miss, top 25 team. Kentucky, top 10 team. Missouri, we know what they could do. Um, so there, it, it's a couple-game stretch where the way Arkansas has been playing recently doesn't suggest that they have you know good chances to win those games against those very good opponents. So you're right. I mean, it felt like this week was the can you, can you stop the bleeding and, and get somewhat of a semblance of a team that we expected in this season before it began – and and last night, you know, you saw, I think, like I said earlier, at least the emergence of who's going to be your guy, right? Who's going to be the guy at the end of the game that you trust, that you clear the lane for? Everybody back off, let him work. And last night, Mark was that guy. He was the hot hand, and he finished with the ball in his hands at the rim, and, and it just looked so methodical how he got there. Didn't look awkward, didn't look clanky, where he's, you know, stumbling to get there, throws up a circus shot. I mean, that was textbook what he did. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, we've got some uh, live fan feedback. That is our Hot Springs National Gangster Museum uh, live fan feedback. And so uh, Sam asks, and this is a good question. Um, it's a rules deal. Texas A&M rebounded an Arkansas missed shot, then stepped out of bounds. Why did Arkansas not get the ball back with a full shot clock rather than 20 seconds? In that instance, the officials ruled that possession never changed because uh, I can't remember if the guy actually caught it out of bounds or quickly stepped out of bounds. And so anytime you miss a shot but you get an offensive rebound, the clock goes back to 20, not 30. 
And so I'm guessing they ruled that he did not um, have possession or that he caught the ball out of bounds. But at any rate, that's why the Arkansas got 20 seconds. But it was a big play because they, at least they got the ball back. Then here's from Mitch. And this is this is a tough one. And he says, Trevon Brazil has no fight in him. This is not the first time I've heard this comment today uh, from several that I've listened to, uh, not on the air, obviously, but conversations I've had. What's wrong with him? He will not fight uh, on the glass, just weak. That's, that's a tough one to answer. You look at Brazil at his size. So last night he goes one for five from the floor. He did get five rebounds, but he could have had some more. And if you'll remember the rebound dunk where he got fouled and he went to the foul line, you're wondering, how did he not dunk that ball? How did he not? It should have been a three-point play. So that question is coming up a lot. Do you think, Chris, it's because he was hurt last year and maybe he's still not sure he wants to go in there and, and bang around with people or do you, or do you think that's accurate at all? Well, I mean, let's look at his his best game so far this year, at least points-wise. It was against Duke. 19 points, and he had 11 rebounds, too, that mm-hmm. night, right? Yeah, spectacular. Great night against against a top-10 opponent at the time. So you yeah. think, like, okay, hey, you know, he's coming. And before that, he was scoring in the double digits, right? 13, yeah. 10, 11, 14, yeah. 13, right? So you think, but since that Duke game, 13 points against Furman, but, you know, okay, that's fine. Then it's zero against Oklahoma. Inexplicable. You know, 15 minutes, zero points. Yeah. And then six, eight, 12 and 11. So you think, okay, we're getting back against Wilmington, and then and then Auburn, he had 11, and it's nine, seven, eight. Since conference play has started, there has been, and really since the Duke game, it's been you know much more inconsistent. Um, but against UNC, he blanked too, Rick. 20 minutes, zero points against UNC. So... I think just inconsistency. Oklahoma and North Carolina. Those yeah. Those are uh, other than Duke. He blanked. Arkansas played in non-conference. So. Okay, Chris Kane. You get. We'll, we'll continue this discussion. We'll continue more discussion. We're open to your calls. 501-661-1037. When we return on Drive Time Sports. It's Marine Expo, Arkansas's premier boat show, this weekend at the State House Convention Center in Little Rock. Don't miss Marine Expo and the lowest boat prices of the year. Listen for Berte Trivia in the Zone, brought to you by Elia's Mexican Grill. Elia's does caterings for small groups or large corporate gatherings. Elia's Mexican Grill in Moralton. Impressive, powerful, aerodynamic, thrilling, and unforgettable. All words to describe Saracen's January giveaway vehicle, Nissan's exciting 400Z. Play at Saracen all this month for your chance to win an incredible Z car from Welch Nissan. Winning is as easy as simply playing Saracen's games. Take the short 40-minute ride down to Saracen Casino Resort. It's Little Rock's closest place to play, and it's the only place in Arkansas to win a fabulous Z car. Saracen Casino Resort. Gambling problem? Call 800-522-4700. Guys, it's a new year. Welcome to 2024, man. Low T Center can make it a great one for you. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, maybe you've noticed a lack of motivation and drive, a little weight gain here and there, a little loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, fellas. At Low T Center, they make it easy. All you've got to do is commit. You can get your levels checked. It's simple. It's a simple blood test with their on-site lab. You'll get results back in 25 minutes. Low T Center is not your typical doctor's office, so no worries, fellas. It's concierge medicine for all of us men. They're physicians. They specialize in treating low testosterone, and they've been exclusively treating men for years with most health insurance accepted. And they have affordable and convenient treatment options, including physician-monitored self-inject treatments that ship directly to your home each month. So there's no need to drive to the center on on a weekly basis. Right now, at Low T Center, it's only 25 bucks to get your T-levels tested. Make your health and quality of life a priority and make it a great year in 2024. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online today. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hi, I'm Rick Pennington of Lion's Drug. We have great news. Generic Cialis is now available at a huge savings. We have Tadalafil, the FDA-approved generic of Cialis, in a 20-milligram tablet at a savings of up to 80%. We have the 5-milligram daily tablets for less than $3 a pill. Lion's Drug continues to be your go-to pharmacy for men's health. What are you waiting for? Call us today at 844-676-2247 or go to our website at lionsdrug.com. 
Hello folks, it's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Dodge Store here in Sherwood. For the past few months, we've been asking you to give us a chance to buy your cars, and the response has been great. We really appreciate all of you who brought your cars in and turned it into cash. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Folks, we're still buying cars every day. So look around and see what you or your family has in the garage that you want to turn into cash. It's really easy, folks. Just come into Fletcher Dodge and ask for Chris or Andy. We'll buy any vehicle and we'll pay you more than anyone. We can't find enough vehicles at the auto auctions to meet the demand. So we're extending you this offer to the public. We'll pay you more, so don't wait. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Come see us today for the best cash offer on your car, truck, van, or SUV. Just ask for Chris or Andy. We'll pay you more, so come see us at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood. Thanks. Great friend and great supporter of the Buzz First Security Bank. As Arkansas's community bank, First Security helps people make life better for themselves and for other Arkansans. They focus on helping make our community stronger. Every dollar that stays in the community helps the community through things like new homes and businesses so other people can have better lives. The financial professionals at First Security are big fans of Arkansas, and that's because they're Arkansas-owned and Arkansas-focused. They take care of communities just like they take care of customers. Check them out at fsbank.com and get ready to bank better at First Security. Remember, FDIC, equal housing lender, only in Arkansas, that's First Security Bank. Now, back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. Be a part of the game plan. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. Chris Kane in Little Rock, Rick Schaefer in Northwest Arkansas, and Stephen Magnolia. Hi, Steve. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Hey, Steve. Well, I was a little bit excited last night, but I still can't uh, get with it. You can't get with it. Okay. Because uh, the thing that don't make sense, they beat Duke and Bud Walton. That's correct. But yet, you have not seen that effort again since the Duke game. Well, you did see effort last night. They they didn't do everything perfect, but that was the best effort we have seen uh, energy in the SEC season so far for Arkansas. But... I was listening uh, to the uh, Chuck and uh, Z, and I was like, "Well, are they? What are they going to do to blow this game?" <laughs> well, Matt usually talks about how the other team's not that good, and uh, and Arkansas is going to do all the good things to win. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if those two guys give you a feeling that they're going to lose. But, but on, I just... on TV, you might have, why if you're watching it at the same time, which I do. And, you know, the great thing about listening to the broadcast and watching the telecast is if something good happens, you you know it's about to happen. You can watch it. If something bad happens, you can turn away and not watch it. You already knew it happened. Well, I, I'm not going to be uh, excited because um, I'm uh, recovering my from a, a mini stroke. So I'm not going to... Well, no. Well, I'm telling you, if you've got a so, health issue, you might not want to watch this. Yeah, I agree. That was a great suggestion. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I, I tried to watch three games, and I'm like, nope, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I no, if, that. those external circumstances might might make you want to, uh, you know, maybe just watch, like, a nature show or something calm and very peaceful yeah, as opposed to right. worrying so about the Razorbacks collapsing. Peaceful when those animals eat each other. Uh, you know, there's some out there. There's some out there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sir, but, Sir uh, Richard Attenborough, uh, David Attenborough, he's the one who narrates them yeah. all. He's very, oh, yeah. very calming. Oh, well, I like yes. uh, watching the uh, animal planet. Yeah. Oh, they got some good shows. You're right. Well, Steve, but, uh, thanks, right. thanks for the call, buddy. We hope you get well soon. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. Well, Rick, 
just touching on that Brazil conversation that we were having, I kind of looked a little deeper into some of his numbers uh, during the break. So overall, this season he's averaging 9.6 points a game, 6.7 rebounds. Um, Free throw percentage, 70%. He's only getting about two offensive rebounds a game, about five defensive rebounds. Turnovers, about two a game. But really, I think the thing that I'm sure you've heard, and, and we're getting a lot of live fan feedback and uh, buzz text line feedback right now is maybe just not the intensity, right? That's not so, maybe not showing up on the stat sheet because it's not a stat, but you're seeing it reflected in the stats and in his play where you're not seeing the guy who had that level of confidence before his injury last year where yeah. he would go inside and be, you know, just a menace in the paint where guys were scared to go underneath him because they were going to end up being a, you know, sports center top 10 low light for them, highlight for him, and we're yeah. just we're not seeing that level of intensity and I don't know, is it is it more hesitation because of the injury last year and then again, you know, an aggravated injury a, a few weeks ago, is that is that what people are are starting to the sea could from be, it could be, but there again, and we visited about this yesterday too. And we were talking about some of these guys that transferred in, and do they transfer in because they think Muss is going to help them get to the NBA? And he certainly has a great track record of that. Uh, Travon Brazil, at this time last year, uh, had he not been hurt, he'd have been a first round draft pick. Entering this season, I think he projected to maybe late first round if he was okay, but. There have got to be some NBA people looking right now and thinking, no, this isn't the same guy. And he's got nice size, and yes, he sometimes he hits some three-point shots, but uh, you need a little bit more than that. Because in the NBA, even though the defense is not always intense, they do bang around quite a bit. And uh, particularly if, if, you're an off- if you're an offensive player and you're 6'10", uh, somebody's going to bang you to keep you from making your shot if they can hopefully without fouling. And that's that would be a big question with him right now. Now, there's 14 conference games plus the SEC tournament, plus we don't know what beyond that, left. So he's got a chance maybe to take off from here. But you can also say there's 14 left, but they've played 17. And as you pointed out, with the exception of the Duke game, we haven't seen him approach the level of expectation. Okay. So, few folks on our text line saying one texter writes in brazil will not go inside because he gets manhandled the downside for him is our other bigs are zero help against decent opponents we can't run a high post or low post offense another one writes in brazil is not playing like a first round pick i would say right now he's our fourth or fifth best player you know just a couple of the comments on our text line yeah i mean he's he he has turned into i mean rick starting the season and the Duke game, you think, like, okay, he's one of the star players of this team. Last year, he not gotten hurt, like you said, projected as a first-round draft pick. Uh, high ceiling. I mean, you know, the, you look at the development and what he could be, right, and saw some potential in flashes last year. And then this year, you see one game where it was – I mean, in, in the early games, he was still, you know, averaging double-digit points. Duke game, he peaked. And since then, you know, he has two goose eggs this year against top 25 opponents – they were in between that, you know, on the outside of that Duke game. And since conference play has started, Rick, that's where I really started to notice it is a conference play. Yeah. And and the SEC, we know, is a better conference um, than it has been in the past. You know, it's traditionally not been the strongest, but in the last five years, it's been a great conference. And, you know, you know yeah. the talent's going to keep getting better. And I felt like he was going to be one of two stars, right? Hopefully the main guy. And it feels like now he's kind of regressed into more of a role player in that offense. And we know he can be a great blocker, but on the offensive side, we haven't seen that dominance we were hoping for. True. And we got a couple others on our uh, Gangster Museum, uh, National Gangster Museum hotline in Hot Springs, of course. Um, one says that uh, there was one time that Brazil turned his back and the guy just laid it in. If he stays, just didn't battle at all. Then another guy says uh, Brazil saw what happened to Nick Smith. And doesn't want to be too risky. Well, that that's an interesting thought process because uh, Nick Smith certainly got injured and uh, was never the same, never the player that we expected him to be. He had a couple of really good games, but uh, that was it. Okay, and then Hippie Hog says, "Guys, I guess I'm a sore winner. We beat a team <laughs> with now the exact same record we have with one of their best players by one point after blowing a 20-point lead." And by the way, this whole team is soft. 
Uh, sorry, that's a fact. Well, here, here's the thing. They could have lost to that team. And Texas A&M has, was just coming off a victory over Kentucky. And if you saw what happened in college basketball last week, Kentucky, had they won at A&M, was going to be ranked number one or two in the country mm-hmm. uh, because of other teams losing that were uh, highly ranked. So um, I wouldn't put it A&M's got a good basketball team. And, again, they might have the best player in the conference. Okay, uh, here is Mitch also saying, give me Davenport, Graham, Battle, um, Devo, and Mitchell. Okay, well, last night you wouldn't have done that because Graham and Mitchell never even got a shot. Uh, They each played a little more than three minutes. Davenport did score eight points. Boy, he took a three that he was wide open late in the game. If he makes it, it sure makes a difference, but he didn't. Because uh, his shooting percentage wasn't very good. In fact, you look at Arkansas's bench last night, 11 points. Yeah, not great. Davenport had eight. Yep. <laughs> Minifield had three. Which brings us to our next question, and this is a good one, and certainly we'll talk to Bart about this as well. This is from Brad. Why would you play the Arkansas guys the last game and they not see the floor in this game? I'm confused. I, I guess yesterday and Monday... We talked about how Musselman had bragged on Pinion and um, Blocker and said they've earned more minutes. The only time we saw Pinion was in the group huddle celebrating Mark's shot after the game, unless the camera caught him on the bench. Blocker played 17 seconds. That one's hard to grasp. Uh, okay, he started the same starting lineup that he started the first three games of the year. Uh, he started Mark, Davis, Ellis, Brazil, and Lawson. It was a revival for Ellis. Now, it, of course, you can look and say he scored 15 points, had six rebounds he did before he fouled out. But he was 3-for-11 shooting, so he took 11 shots to get 15 points. Now, he was great at the foul line. Chandler Lawson, only two points, but he had five rebounds and four assists. So Chandler Lawson did a lot of good things, too, but he also fouled out. Devo, 7.6 assists, one of the few guys that shot 50%, three out of six. Or excuse me, not he had six rebounds, not assists. Um, but he gets ejected. So if you're starting five, two of them fouled out, and one of them got ejected. So the only guy that was there at the end was Brazil, who was one out of five from the floor, and Mark, who absolutely was spectacular. So off the bench... They played Minifield, Davenport. Again, Mitchell and Graham each played a little more than three minutes. Blocker played 17 seconds. Khalif Battle did not play. Did not play. Mm-mm. Now, he hadn't done much lately, but Pinion and Blocker combined for 26 points in the last game, and they combined for 17 seconds yesterday. So I think that's a very legitimate question. And once again, it was late after the game. I'm not, you know, Randy usually looks in at the uh, at the interviews. Uh, I don't, and so I have no idea if Musk was even asked about that. How do you think he would answer? The answer is they won the game, so how do you can't argue with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what it all comes down to. Obviously, it's it, when you're winning, you, you get questioned. You know, it's not as intense in terms of questioning. It's because it worked out even if it was close and it went down to the final shot. But, I, you know, Muss's rotations have always been a point of, you know, you kind of scratch your head sometimes, and we always know he has a shallow bench. You know, he's not going to play a lot of guys. He played a lot last game, though, against Florida because they got blown out most of the game. Yep. So, that's right. you know, that's, that's why they, played. That's why they, they played a lot. You know, I mean, let's be frank. They played a lot in a blowout. I mean, that's well, that doesn't mean we have to be frank. I'll be Rick, and you can still be Chris. <laughs> I mean, that. That, that's that—that's what <laughs> but, it comes down to, though. You know, right, you're playing 24 what? and 22 minutes because it was never—it was never close. And plus, they got off to such a great start that you don't want to tinker much with that. They were still ahead. It was working. At the right, half, right. Right. That's right. Okay. Well, we're always ahead when you give us a call, 501-661-1037. Chris Kane, Rick Schaefer, and we'll return after this on Drive Time Sports. One zero three seven. The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback basketball. Coverage is brought to you by Crane Hyundai of Conway, Blackman Options, Bell Chevrolet, and Arkansas Scholarship Lottery. 
It's trade-in time at Guatney Chevrolet. Kick off the new year in style and comfort with a 2024 Chevy Equinox. Yours for just $23,999 with a qualifying trade-in. Or the iconic Chevy Silverado. Snag it for under $48,000 with your trade-in. Visit GuatneyChevrolet.com or stop by and see us at 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville to learn more. We'll see you soon. Chevrolet, together let's drive. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer has five service trucks available providing you on-site service to get you back on the road. If that doesn't do it, Stacked has a new state-of-the-art 13-bay shop for service and repair on all Class A trucks, trailers, RVs, light and medium-duty commercial vehicles, tires, brakes, AC, engine repair, transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair. Get stacked two miles off 530 exit 34 in White. Well, we wrapped up 2023. Now you got to start making those goals for 2024. How about starting with ending your joint pain? Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. Don't go another year compromising because of that joint pain in your knees, your back, or your shoulders, or maybe from an old injury. You need to call QC Kinetics now. They are the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. And you heard me right, non-surgical. They don't do drugs. They don't do surgery. And the best part, there's no downtime. Your body has exactly what you need to restore and repair that damaged joint tissue. The future of pain medicine has arrived, and QC Kinetics has thousands of Central Arkansas patients that are loving getting their life back. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back, and listen, there's no surgery involved. Call QC Kinetics today for a free consultation. 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. This is Pat Bradley for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in their New Year's Auto Loan Special. Listen close. Offer ends January 31st. 3.99% interest on 22, 23, and 24 models. No payments for 90 days or up to 84 months financing. Don't delay. The Alcoa Community FCU New Year's Auto Loan Special with rates as low as 3.99% ends January 31st. Get pre-approved online at Alcoa Community FCU.org. Serving Celine, Grant, Garland, Hot Spring, and Perry Counties. Greatness doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, focus, and dedication. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that because we've put in the hard work and dedication for decades. And that commitment has paid off with award-winning customer service for your auto, home, and life insurance. See shelter agent Paul Killingsworth in Cabot, Jonathan Stone in Lonoke, or Stephen Reeser in Jacksonville today. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios, where it's much like any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations, minus the always fresh, delicious food options like the family-packed catfish dinners. When you're on the road, we're the voices inside your head. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. We've got Neil from Saracen. Uh, Let me hit that. Hi, Neil. So, um, I don't know what the point... What was it last night? How much was Arkansas favored by? (laughs) It went off at three and a half. They were... uh, uh, Underdog. Texas A&M was favored. favored Yeah, they were the underdog. Okay, so Arkansas. Yeah, about three and a half. Arkansas, it they won regardless. Then I'm, I'm thinking nobody right. sat there watching their point spread go down and, and got nervous about it. No, no. When when the, a home dog, anytime you get Arkansas as a home dog, yeah. uh, that's usually a good bet uh, unless something uh, different's going on. But uh, yeah, it was good to see the turnaround. And I got a text from Randy last night at eleven o'clock. He was excited because a lot more of the double R specials hit yesterday. Also, so uh, he was excited about that. Uh, about that too. Well, none of his Khalif Battle uh, specialties paid off, did they? I mean, he didn't even play. Didn't he have something like no know, it, two and a half points or something like that? Oh yeah, that that one. And, see, and the neat thing is that if they don't play, the action on those are void, and we refund uh, any money that's bad if there's no playing. So same thing. Uh, you know that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So he actually hit more of his double R specials last night, and I think we missed Ooh. one of the team totals on the field goal percentages by like two tenths of a percent. I mean, <laughs> I, I wish I could do it, but the math is the math, and I can't change it. So, uh, so uh, the team specials almost hit, 
but but it was as close as you could get, just about. So now you you look ahead. Uh, I know you wanted to bet on something every day, but uh, you look ahead to the NFL playoffs. There's a lot of action on those games. Yeah, I mean it was tremendous. Uh, action last weekend mm. and uh you know the divisional rounds we've already got the specials up for that one uh, but people are still you know they're, they're, they're betting their, their their nba and their in their college basketball right now and uh even starting to get a little bit of a spike the australian open is going on and those yeah. games start at six to seven o'clock our time tonight um it's tomorrow over there but uh you know tennis is actually picking up pretty big on bet saracen so we're streaming some of the uh, events now and uh and, and got some play around that. Well, I got to tell you, I love watching tennis, and uh, I love watching the best players play. So, tell me how that would. Let's just. You can name two players. How would it work if somebody was betting on one or the other? Or there, there's no point spread. Or how, how do you do that? Oh yeah. Um, let me let me go let me go to the market here real quick because uh, just, just pick you know with the, with the uh, tell me how it works. Yeah. So what what you do is is that you you go to the winner. And then you have a game handicap about how many, about how many sets, and then you have the over and under and, uh, on how many games are played during the match. So mm. you've got the match winner, which is like the money line, and the game handicap is how many more games do they win on the overall match. So, like for instance, let me see, find the ones that are tonight on the Australian Open. Let's see uh, what we got. Uh, I'm just trying to find the good ones right here. Uh, you got uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Quinn Zhang versus uh, Katie Buehler. It's in the women. Um, you know uh, the over and under is 20 games because you know they only have to have two two sets to win in, in the women. Right. And the right. game handicap is minus four and a half. So as long as they w- as as the winner, you know, if you pick the favorite, as long as they win by, by have five more games winning than the other, that's how you do it there. And of course, tennis is real popular in play also. Yeah. Great game, love it. Okay, Neil. Well, thanks for up. Thanks for the update. All righty, good luck everybody with your picks and uh, and have some fun betting on the games. All right, that's Neil from Saracen. Thanks, Neil. Come join us again tomorrow. As always, I'm, I learned some. I'm glad you asked about that. Um, yeah, in terms of the over under in, in tennis, I I would have no I I'd look at it just on kind of like a money line bet where you're just trying to pick you know the favorite and the underdog, but with the over under and and the the game handicap, I'm glad I'm glad that was clarified. Thank you, Rick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on our Gangster National Museum from Hot Springs, live fan feedback. Allison asks a very it makes a very good point here, and we so take for granted the ability that athletes have that we don't always consider this. She says, "Don't forget the mental aspect of recovery post ACL." It's real, and every athlete is different, and, and we need to recognize that. Every athlete is different. Brazil took a step back with the mental game after his ankle injury before the Oklahoma game. And, and obviously, we say he didn't score. He maybe shouldn't even played in that game, as, as I remember. His stats have fallen in since then. He looks timid, being held back by the mental factor of an injury, and that is something that those of us who have never experienced it don't get that part. So I, I think that's probably a very good point. Uh, here's Hog Call. Arkansas will be lucky to win five conference games, just an average team. He may be right. I don't, I don't know. We'll find out if last night starts a, a comeback or if that's one of five or six victories. We don't know that. Uh, let's see. Mitch says, he says D, so I'm assuming he's saying Davenport was not hitting his threes. Then you you pulled him. If he's if he's hot, leave him in. Well, I guess that's you can say that about anybody if they're hot. Okay. Here is uh, David says, "Am I the only one who wonders why we start the first 12 minutes of a game cutting and passing and scoring, and then start the one-man offense <laughs> with uh, four out? We stand around and then get off to a terrible <laughs> shot with no rebounding." Whew. Uh, no, you're probably not the only one that's wondering about that, but it does seem to happen. And uh, let's think about that second half, Chris. There was a lot of either three-point shooting or a guy drives to the basket. Now, they kept getting to the free-throw line, so I guess that was working, 
But that's a that's a that's a legitimate question. Do you think? Yeah, it felt like a few times the offense when it was getting slow, and it did feel like an, in, an intent to slow it down a few times. We know Musk likes to play with pace. He's very open about, hey, we want to play with pace. But it did feel like when the game started to get away from him a little bit, when that double digit lead started dwindling down, they were trying to be a little more. Um, you know, focused on on just slowing the pace and not letting A and M get on a run, right? Where they would kind of go iso ball for a little bit and people get out of the way, and then you know everybody on the wing, the guy goes in the lane and tries to take a shot, and there's no one there for a rebound, yeah, then it just right. turns into a waste of possession, and and right. it made wasted time, which is good when you're ahead, you're trying to kill some clock too, but it felt like you were just giving the ball to him after 25 seconds, and. Um. Yeah, th- there was a few moments in that second half where, again, where the the pessimism of the last three games starts <laughs> creeping. You're like, oh, so this is how they're going to blow it this time. Okay, it's going to be just an ISO offense, and and th- we're just going to hope that somebody makes an off balance shot driving the lane or gets fouled. Which, like you said, fortunately last night, as, as much as it stinks and probably drives Co- Coach Richardson nuts, and he'll talk about that later, the pace was was oh, just yeah. destroyed in the game. But it did favor the Hogs in the end because of the amount of free throws, the amount of times that Mark got to the line last night ended up being beneficial even with an offense that seemed to be stagnant at moments. Okay, well, it's always beneficial to take our callers. we got Toby from Little Rock. Hi, Toby. Thanks for calling. All right. Thanks, guys, for taking my call. Uh, just a couple of just, just a couple of observations. Uh, okay. First of all, I, I, I really do believe Brazil, the call we talked about earlier about him being maybe just a little shy you know, because yeah. of the ACL injury, and I really think he's playing not to get hurt again for the NF, I mean, um, the uh, NBA. Of course, probably what's going to happen is going to hurt him a little bit. He's probably going to be leaving some money on the table because people are going to question his toughness. And then secondly, you know, when our team, when the team gets down, I'm rather in the second half, okay, even if they've been leading like Arkansas was last night, about 20 points. And then things start to get tight. You got to have that clear that you can go to. I mean, every team has that clear that they can go to in those tight moments because everybody else is going to tighten up. Last night we had Trevon Mars, and he's done it, you know, two or three other times. So Arkansas' identity and uh, game plan, when things get tight and nobody else can hit anything. Needs to just put the ball in Mark's hand and everybody else get out the way. It's about like they did last night with Wade and, and go from there. Well, Thank that you. did work. Yeah, okay, Toby, thanks for calling. Uh, and, and give L. Ellis some credit, too. Again, he didn't shoot the ball very well from the floor, but he did drive, got to the free throw line, and he was lights out from there. So, But Mark was the guy last night. Okay, well, Chris Kane and Rick Schaefer will be back with you after this brief break. And so will Trey Biddy. So stay with us. Give us a call on Drive Time Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a night of heart-pounding action. Pinnacle Fight Night, where warriors become legends. On February 3rd, experience the thrill of professional boxing as top fighters Carlos Nava, 10-0 with six knockouts, and Thomas, Candyman Blair, 7-0 with three knockouts, defend their perfect records. At the Maumelle Event Center, as fighters from around the U.S. compete for victory, don't miss the chance to be a part of history.